In this episode, I'll be talking about collection and half halts. And actually, I'm going to read an excerpt from my book, Dressage Naturally Results in Harmony, a guide to the basics of dressage from a natural horsemanship perspective. So here we go, episode 42, Collection and Half Halts. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. The subject of collection and especially the subject of half halts uh, can be a big subject and a source of a lot of confusion. Uh, the word collected starts being used in dressage uh, at second level in the United States, so really early on. Uh, but then there's also collection at Grand Prix, and those are two really different kinds of collection. So what they have in common is that there's a degree of uh, uphillness. <laughs> So there's a degree of the horse carrying a little more weight on the hind end, uh, starting, and, and that there's movements that require that kind of collectability. So it starts in second level, and it continues on into the upper levels. So I wanted to uh, just take a little excerpt out of my book. I'm going to be it's like story time with Karen. <laughs> I'm going to be reading from starting on page 138 of the book. Uh, for those of you who don't have the book, you can find it on my website, dressagenaturally.net. If you want to go straight to the shop, it's just shop.dressagenaturally.net. Uh, but um, I thought that this would be fun to read through. And of course, I'll, I'm sure I'll add some other <laughs> comments as I go. Uh, for those of you listening to the, oopsie, keep hitting the microphone. For those of you listening to this on Apple Podcasts or something, you can't see what's going on right now, but um, I'm not at my desk. The, I usually do a video on YouTube of these pods in case you're wondering. Uh, I'm usually sitting at my desk, and because I'm reading Story Time with Karen, I am in a comfy chair with my stretchy yoga pants, my, my super cool hip tie-dyed yoga pants, <laughs> a comfy shirt, a really comfy blankie, and um, I'm all curled up here. <laughs> so maybe you can do the same. And I'm going to have to use the flashlight on my phone so I can actually <laughs> read this. Okay, so let's start, like I said, page 138, and um, I, I always, in, in the book, in many of the sections, I start with a, a little phrase that says, here's my picture. <laughs> and it gives you the vision of what I'm thinking about, and then I go on to describe it more. So here's my picture. <laughs> when I take on the posture of collection, tall in my spine, yet flexible in my lower back, my horse does the same. I feel the hind legs providing the propulsion for the whole horse. I can also feel the horse's back moving under my seat, as well as his withers lifting in front of me. He carries himself confidently, respectfully, accepting the connection through the reins. 
It feels as though I'm sitting on the hind legs because they're actively stepping under and carrying the whole horse. If he falls on the forehand, I can rebalance him either by reinforcing that the front end lifts or that the hind leg steps under, depending on which is lacking. I can also choose to ask him for a transition that will cause him to rebalance. I understand patterns that require and develop collection. And when I direct my horse into these patterns, he understands what's being asked and has the opportunity to collect himself. So that's obviously an ideal picture. I'm not saying that because that's what it feels like every single time I ride a horse, <laughs> but that's the vision in my head. So I love to have those little sections of here's my picture because it's, it's like a, <laughs> I don't know, affirmations seem kind of shallow, but it, it's a, it's a visualization. It's something to stop and go, okay, what do I want to be happening before I go attempt it? So you want to think, oh, well, shall I continue? Think of collection as a balance issue more than a frame issue. When I want a horse to become collected, I want him to become more uphill and to gather and carry himself. I also must be carrying a posture of collection where my spine feels stretched from both ends. My neck is poised and light. My lower back is flat and supple, allowing my hip joints to open. My legs are allowing gravity to take them down. I want to save this posture for when I expect it from my horse. So a lot of times when I'm working with dressage riders or any student really um, that have come, but dressage riders that have come from just dressage world, uh, I sometimes tempt them to not be in that perfect collected posture all the time. So you can kind of sensitize your horse to it more by making sure that you're embodying everything you want your horse to do. So of course we want to be balanced on our horse. We always want to be upright. Uh, it just makes it easier for the horse no matter what. But there's also, you know, a hangout posture. <laughs> there's, you know, the posture for a young horse or a light seat or something like that. So you want to make sure that just because you're a dressage rider, you're not always sitting in the embodiment of a collected posture, especially if you have a horse that has trouble getting into collection or that tends to be a little bit flat or on the forehand. So I always try to mirror my horse as much as I can within the parameters of obviously staying balanced on them, but I want to save that sort of at attention posture, the collected posture for when I really am collected because all of those body parts um, should be meaningful to your horse. All right. Um, so this brings us to the half halt. So the half halt is something that has been um, shouted out <laughs> across many arenas. Half halt, half halt, half halt, half halt, outside rein half halt, inside rein half halt, both reins half halt. And I think it's a, an overused term and an, an often misunderstood term. So I don't often use that word or I, no, that's not true. I save that word for the very appropriate circumstances where it should be applied. So let's see what I say about half halts in the book. So I'm still on page 138. The half halt. 
In the previous balance exercises, you started establishing communication with your horse about lifting and carrying his forehand while staying lively in his energy. Okay, so you didn't read the first section, but I talk about balance exercises, and uh, you'll have to read the book. <laughs> um, in this section, I'll explain the sequence of responses that's called the half-halt. I'll also show you some patterns that can cause him to develop his collection further. If you've read texts or listened to lessons on dressage, you will have heard about the half-halt, which is a combination of aids designed to rebalance and collect the horse. I purposely do not use that term often because the word halt tends to make people think of stopping the horse or restricting the horse. I have observed that this term has been misused and misunderstood enough that many students, teachers, and horses are desensitized to it. I prefer to think of it as rebalancing. So I'll use the term rebalance where others may use the term half halt. I prefer to focus on the result of the half halt and the feel of what the horse needs to rebalance rather than a programmed set of aids. The half halt is an important dynamic though. The United States Dressage Federation in their glossary of judging terms defines the half halt as a momentary increase of collection or an effect of the aids that increases the attention and improves the balance of the horse. In order to rebalance the horse, the hind legs must be active enough to step under and the forehand must be light enough to lift and the spine must be supple and loose enough to allow this to happen. You're already, you already played with installing those three pieces of communication separately in the exercises regarding relaxation, energy, and balance, which I talked about earlier in the book. So now you want to combine them in a way which results in the horse becoming more collected than he was astride ago. And by combine, I don't mean that you clobber the horse with all your aids for all those communications. Even when there are many things going wrong in a moment, there's always one that is the root issue. We want to address that one and then the rest will be easier. If the horse does need a reminder about activating the hind leg and lifting the front end, it'll be a sequence of aids, not all of them at once. I'm going to read that last sentence again because I think it's really important. If the horse does need a reminder about both activating the hind end and lifting his front end, it will be a sequence of aids, not all of them at once. So let's look at, um, I divide it up next into if you have a horse that's already really active with his hind legs, but maybe he's still off balance. So if you have a horse that's already active, in their hind legs, all that you need is to suggest that he lifts and carries the front end. To do this, make sure your position is appropriate, your upper body bringing its weight over your haunches, <laughs> and that you can support by lifting the reins until you feel the forehand lift. When you get this result, your hands have to come back down to neutral. You can also ride a transition or do a mobilization that will cause the shoulders to lighten and supple such as a backup or a shoulder in. If you do this clearly and consistently, the horse's hind legs now have room to step under because the forelegs are out of the way and the horse will be able to carry this balance for as long as his stamina and focus allows. So again, you have a, a horse that's really super activated, super energetic. You feel them getting him getting a little downhill. 
you don't necessarily need to apply the, all the aids of a half halt, which is, I guess I don't even describe it there, but where you're activating the hind leg with your legs, drawing up in your body for a moment, closing your hands for a moment, and then as the horse sort of ratchets himself up, then you soften your hands. So when you, when people describe that those are the aids for the half halt, and then they say half halt to rebalance, and the riders put all of those aids on all at once, no matter what, that's where I see some problems starting to come in. So you want to focus on the result. What are you trying to do from the half halt? You're trying to rebalance. What is the horse already supplying? Okay, don't, don't ask for that. <laughs> Just add the piece that he doesn't. And so also what I'll say here about the lifting of the reins there, um, you, you need to be able to lift your hands up and forward a little bit. Otherwise, you're pulling back. So if you just bend your, you know, lift your hand without moving your elbow, you're pulling up and backwards. So you're going to have to kind of fluff. <laughs> so it's a quick little lift, indicate that they can, should lift their neck, and then your hands go right back down again. Um, or, like I said, you could do a piece of lateral work. Um, shoulder in is great because it... it um, requires that the shoulders lighten because you're mobilizing them off laterally. Okay. Uh, considerations for this horse. In the moment that you ask the forehand to lift, it's perfectly fine and normal that the horse may come, quote, above the aids, end quote, or stick his nose up and out and look a little what might be considered ugly in dressage circles. It's okay. Don't try to pull his head down in this moment. After he's rebalanced, chances are he will soften, and if he doesn't, it usually just takes a small suggestion to soften the pole. If you are able to add energy to the system when the horse already moving strongly on the forehand, chances are he'll just go more powerfully on the forehand. So, you know, your horse is on the forehand, he's already powerful, you add your legs more, chances are he's just going to go more powerfully continuing on the forehand. It's also okay if in the moment you influence the shoulders, you lose some forward energy, such as, if, such as if you ask for a transition to back up. If the energy wasn't a problem in the first place, you can trust it to be there waiting for you. Yeah, so it's this sequencing of aids, like lighten the forehand for a moment. If something else falls apart, that's okay. You can add that right back in. Don't worry. And, you know, yes, as you become more and more refined, that sequencing of aids will happen um, closer and closer together where they almost seem simultaneous. But there's a big difference between putting your aids all at once on all at once or doing one set of aids it works and then the other set of aids like lift energize, lift energize rather than energize and lift all at the same time. <laughs> okay. I'll continue. Um, so for another horse, if the horse has fallen on the forehand because the hind legs have become sluggish, it's important then to activate the energy. Again, make sure you're, you are sitting in a posture that will support the collection, but you just hit the gas pedal until the horse freely and immediately springs forward. This alone has the potential to rebalance him. Think of a motorboat. When it accelerates, the front end lifts. For an exaggerated example of this, next time you see someone walking 
by who's very slumpy and kind of heavy, go up behind them and give them a good sharp pinch in the butt and observe their animated uphill posture afterwards. I can't believe I wrote that in my book. (laughs) My next line is, I'm joking, of course, but you can picture that dynamic, right? Slumping along, (laughs) something, a little pinch in the butt. So same kind of idea with your horse. Um, So some considerations for the horse that I just described. If you just lift the front end, you may get more engagement simply because now the front end is out of the way. But in most cases, this kind of horse, who's a little sluggish, uh, will see this as a very difficult posture to maintain um, with his hind end out behind him or lacking energy. He will likely become even less motivated. Remember, the energy exercises from earlier and make sure his response to energy is let loose. That You're not holding your legs on him just to keep him going. So in a previous chapter, we talked about getting the energy. In the moment that he gives you energy at first, he may lose some collection. He may run, break gate, stick his head up. That's fine, as long as you added the missing ingredient that will ultimately rebalance him. You can smooth everything out afterwards. So please remember that at this stage, you don't want to hold on to anything. You want to make suggestions, allow the horse to try something, then sit in active neutral and see how the horse feels. You will you'll lift the forehand too much so you can settle into just the right place. You'll ask for a burst of activity so you can settle into the just right place. And in that just right moment, you can be in active neutral, not holding on, not forcing. It's more valuable at this stage to ask for increased collection, achieve it, and then ask the horse to release it and stretch before they lose it. In the beginning, I just ask my horse, would you collect more for me? (laughs) You can maintain higher degrees of collection for longer periods as your horse tells you that he can do it easily and readily. In the beginning, do only a few steps here and there, checking his collectability. Then you can do more and more. You may do 10 minutes of collection spread out over 60 minutes of a ride before you do 10 minutes of collection continuously. Yeah, so this overshooting the target, which is a big theme uh, in what I do to um, not try to achieve this perfect thing, but if you find you're moving away from the picture you want, see, and you are able to identify the missing ingredient, add too much of that ingredient for a moment and then let it settle back to that middle. Um, there's, it, it's, you get more information because you get um, a bigger range of possibilities that you can feel out. It, um, it eliminates the whole problem of, I need more, but not too much. <laughs> I need more, but don't make another mistake with somewhere else. So it kind of eliminates that problem. And it comes back to trusting your aids that if I, if I know that I can call upon the energy then I don't mind losing it for a second, if I know I can supple and soften the front end, I don't mind if the horse contorts his neck for a moment while he's trying to learn something new and use his body in a different way that's okay. I can come and smooth it out. You know, in yoga class, I rarely hit the exact position perfectly, right? But my, my coach doesn't come and tie me up, make sure that I hold it there. I get there and then I improve as I go along. Okay. So the last section 
I want to read is um, about letting the pattern do the work. So uphill rebalancing will occur when you're writing certain patterns with quality. For example, if you do a transition from canter to trot, then immediately do mobility exercises for the shoulders, the horse will need to lift and lighten his front end. You thought you were doing a mobility exercise, but you got an added benefit that your horse achieved better uphill balance, if the mobilization was responsive. You may be practicing frequent, re frequent responsive transitions to a backup, but notice that he trots off a little lighter, springier, and with more energy. Or you can just set up a pattern of doing a transition to backup, then a forehand yield or a turn on the haunches in every corner, followed by a transition to trot or canter. Soon you'll notice your horse moving into a more balanced trot and canter. He'll be mentally and physically prepared to do the next corner in the same way. As you approach the corner, you'll feel him set himself up and the pattern will require that he collect himself a bit and not just dive on through the corners. Keep aware when this happens because it's an opportunity to learn more about your horse and what his body needs to be able to carry you with lightness. You don't want to have to be holding strong aids on in order to be collected. You can be more clever than that. Collection is about ultimate balance. So if you're aware of where your horse is falling out of balance, and you can suggest that he does something that requires a move that is opposite from that, then you'll have a better chance of achieving the middle. And remember, the truth is always in the middle. When you achieve these more collected moments, you'll notice an improvement in the horse's cadence, that clear marking of the beats that results from increased springiness, You'll also notice a greater degree of lightness and ease of movement. When he's lighter on his feet, the flexibility and mobility exercises will also be easier, and so further the collection will be, and so, and so the collection will be also easier. And now you are in an upward spiral of success. Yeah. So the the whole idea there is to, you know, so many people just think collected, half halt, collected, half halt, drive, hold, drive, hold. And we want to be more clever than that. In the moment of rebalancing, it's, it's not a whole set of aids. It's a sequence in rapid fire sometimes where we're not asking for the things that we already have, when we're willing to overshoot the target and then relax into, into the final picture. And so this, that last section also added in the idea of using transitions and patterns. So I love playing with corners when I'm starting collection and just doing transitions in the corners, needing to make that 90 degree turn where the shoulders have to lighten and transitions out of it. And if you do it consistently where the pattern not only is applied to the horse, but you do it consistently so that the horse starts to understand, ooh, I think I know what's gonna happen when I get to that corner. That's where you get the real gold. Because just like in the definition of a half halt, part of the idea of a half halt is a coming to attention. That when I sit up and go, ready? The horse is like, I'm getting ready. And that's the real gold. So that's the mental part of the half halt. And when you set yourself up to build collectability by using patterns such as corners, corners, square turns, transitions. Um, what you want to look for, number one, that you're getting it done. Number two, it starts to get done 
more easily as you build the coordination, but the real gold happens when you're approaching the corner, you sit up to become more collected and your horse goes, I know what I need to do. And he prepares his own body to get ready for what you just asked him. That is the most natural kind of half halt because it's not just being applied to him. He's interacting with it. He knows what he needs to do and he's organizing his body so that he can do it. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this kind of short episode of story time with Karen. And again, if you want the book, it's on my website, super easy to find dressagenaturally.net. I'll put the link to it in the show notes on my website. Um, or if you want to go straight to the shop, it's shop.dressagenaturally.net. And if anybody wants to see, um, you know, where I was reading, it was pages 138 through, um, we finished on page 141. All right. Thanks for listening. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>